Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 225, which we are recording on Wednesday, August 12th, 2020. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing? <laughs> what am I wearing? Well, this week I have been wearing my May Pop hoodie. Oh, nice. Which, yes, which is a sweater that both of us knit last year for the colors of fall. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> it is because when I finally finished it, I really didn't wear it much because it was cold by then. And I, I embarrassed to say that I never even got it photographed. So that's one of the sweaters that is in my pile to be photographed. So that one, many others, They've all been sitting there waiting, and since it's sitting there waiting, I've been wearing it because it's been easy to grab. Nice. But it's worked out very well because we've had some very chilly days this week. So, May Pop hoodie. And that one is designed by Susanna Winter. Excellent. And I was able to knock out some finished object pictures this weekend. Yes, you were. The stars aligned, and I was <laughs> freshly showered. I wasn't wearing pajama <laughs> bottoms, and Mike was available, and I said, let's take some pictures. So they aren't great, but hey, I got that stack is down. I think I only have one more sweater and one more hat to go Excellent. for pictures, I think. I'm probably Excellent. forgetting something. <laughs> Well, hopefully this week I'll be able to get some if we can plan some time to get together. Yeah, let's try to do it this weekend because I don't yeah. have any child deliveries this weekend. <laughs> so should be okay. able to arrange it. All right. So what are you wearing or what have you been wearing? I am wearing and have been wearing a lot <laughs> this week my Blue Sands cardigan by La Maison Relili. And it's a DK weight cardigan, but I knit it with lace and silk mohair lace held doubled so it's very very lightweight and it's kind of like a bathrobe like a knee-length bathrobe <laughs> without the tie and it's been great to just throw on over a t-shirt and either jammy bottoms or jammy short bottoms or <laughs> any variation thereof Com yep. comfy pants we'll call them yes. comfy pants there you go so yeah, it's been getting a lot of wear and I just love it. It's colorful, it's soft, it's snuggly, and it's warm. It's perfect. Yeah, it's very pretty. Thank you. So that's my Blue Sands cardigan by La Maison Rilili. Okay. And what have you been stocking? Well, I've had some trouble with stocking, but I oh, have no. found... <laughs> I've just had some... I I need to pick something else to knit and I've been making swatches and looking at yarns and I just haven't been able to decide what to cast on. So I have been stocking and in, in um, amidst my stocking, I saw a couple of things. One of them came from, came out of the discussion from last episode's discussion about the knit shorts and the knit leggings. Uh -huh. And I had said that Elizabeth Zimmerman was, I believe, the first leggings pattern that I had seen. And Terry commented with the pattern page from Ravelry for the specific pattern. And I just wanted to mention it because if you haven't looked at it, it's worth a look. It's called, the pattern is called Nether Garments 
adult, and it's the September pattern from the Knitter's Almanac, is I think where it was originally published by Elizabeth Zimmerman. And the pattern page has some incredibly impressive knit leggings that really are knitting works of art. (laughs) Phenomenal, beautiful leggings. Yeah. Yeah. The top one shows just a knee down view of somebody reclined, it looks like on a sofa. And all you see are the two legs and the legs are different and completely multicolor, completely multicolor stranded knitting, some of it Fair Isle style. And it's just gorgeous and amazing. And it's really, a, it, it's like a piece of art to me. <laughs> and then there are also some striped ones pictured on the page, as well as some striped and patterned. It, it's it's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I like it, too. And someone in our group yeah. knit some, too. Did you see those? Yes. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. It's just so cool because there's so many variations. And that's the thing. I love seeing what people make with a basic pattern like that. And then they take it and they run with it. And that's just amazing. And look, it says the pattern was first published in newsletter number 17, fall of 1966. Wow, I wasn't even born. So 1966, and the pattern is still in use. Because it's that it's, good. Yeah, because yeah. it's a basic, basic garment that doesn't really go out of style. And then a lot of her patterns were kind of recipes that yeah. the user could take and do what they will with it. So very, very cool. Nether Garments by Elizabeth Zimmerman. Love that name too. <laughs> yeah. And there's also, this one is the adult page. I should mention that she also had a pattern for babies and probably kids as well. So something to check out. And then the next thing that I have been stocking is something that could be very useful and I thought was very interesting and I'm not even sure how I stumbled upon it. I must have stumbled upon it somehow because it's a fairly new pattern. It was just published in May of 2020 and it is a fake hornet's nest and that's exactly what it's called, fake hornet's nest and it's crocheted. It is a design by lap crochet creations and what they say on the pattern page is that fake hornets nests will repel real hornets. Hornets are very territorial and if they see a nest within 200 feet they do not approach. So this is something if you have a hornet problem I assume you could hang this up and it would be completely a completely not organic way of managing pests to keep pests away I should say if it really works yeah it, it sounds really cool yeah it does <laughs> and it, she's got a little loop at the top so that you can put it on a hook and hang it and it 
just looks like this oval-shaped, it comes to a point at the bottom, oval-shaped egg-like thing, and it's got different textures on it just to make it look kind of lumpy and organic. It's really interesting. That's wild. It's really wild. I thought that would be a very cool thing to put like in schools and stuff mm-hmm. where hornets can sometimes be a problem and you don't want to use a lot of harsh chemicals, of course. So yeah. That's very cool. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so fake hornet's nest. And then the How third... did you happen to find that? That's what I don't even know. I do <laughs> I mean, not even know. What led you down know. that ravelry rabbit yeah, hole? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, it's pretty interesting. And then I was reminded of it because I looked in my pattern history, what I had looked at. And it's like, oh, yeah, that one was pretty cool. So, yeah. And then the third thing I am stalking is back to a sweater. There we go. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. And this one is called Leaf Bird. And it is designed by Bernice Lim. And she is the designer of a t-shirt that I looked at back in April of 2017. I was stalking this one. It was from, yeah, I had to look it up in our show notes. Back in episode 139, I stalked a garment named Tokonatsu, which was a very airy, light t-shirt with a tie in the back. And at the time, I was thinking of making it probably with the coast. And this one is, it look it's a very light garment. She makes this one in lace. And it's two kinds of lace. Leaf bird is a oversized cardigan. It's got sleeves, oh, down to the elbow. And it's an open front. I don't think she has any closures on it. But the really fascinating or interesting thing about it is the construction. You know how I love Mm -hmm. the interesting construction. So this one is knit sideways and across the back, it has vertical sections that are done in the contrast color. So the contrast color, I believe on the sample garment is knit in a mohair while the lace used for the rest of the sweater is a smooth lace. In fact, it's a merino silk blend that she uses for the rest of the sweater. So back to these vertical stripes. They're not just straightforward up and down stripes. They're shaped with short rows so that when you open up the sweater, they're almost like really thin diamonds Mm -hmm. but they're supposed to be leafy fern fronds I believe she says that the pattern itself was inspired by a songbird named the leaf bird which is the namesake of the pattern but she has these big leafed images in some of the 
photographs for the sweater. So it looks like they were inspired by the leaves. And she has the these sections knit in green. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> I yeah, really, really like neat. this one. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of some of those art garments that you see people make. Usually they're sewn or woven and they're made with many different colors. This one kind of reminds me of that. And let's see, I mentioned that it was knit all in lace, lace weight. And I was thinking this might be a sweater that I could use. I probably wouldn't mind going outside my usual colors on oh. this one. It might be something interesting to try something new just because when I look at it, to me, it's like such an artsy sweater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think it might be fun to try something new. I really like this one. I, I, I think I'm, this one's going to be in my future. Oh, and I forgot to mention that it's also got some lace on the sleeves that it, that is not pictured prominently in, I don't know. One of the photographs does show it. It's not, it's not the major design element of the sweater. I think the back is, and most of the photographs feature the back of the sweater. But it's very cool. Very, very cool. There's about, there's 10 projects for this sweater so far. And they're all beautiful to look at. I'm going to have to stock that a little bit more. I did, I saw it when it came out in Hot Right Now, but I didn't even look at the other pictures for the pattern. Oh, there's someone who did a cream color and a, their contrast color is kind of, a buttery yellow and it's beautiful hmm. beautiful beautiful so i'm looking forward to knitting that one do i have yarn to make it no probably not that's not a good thing because i don't want to have to buy any yarn right now <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna have to figure that out but that is leaf bird by bernice Lim. So those are my three things. What are you stocking, Gail? I also have three things today, and I'm off of my normal sweater path a little bit. Well, so, that's like me. I was too. Yeah. I have been. Yeah. The first one I'm stocking is called Love Grows Here, and it's by Callie Monster. And it is just such a simple but pretty rectangular stole knit in fingering weight yarn. And it's knit on the bias in a solid color with stripes. And the stripes are little flowers. And she was inspired by her flower print, either Keds or Converse tennis shoes. And it's just so pretty. There are so many color options that you could have with these stripes and the background colors and everything. As soon as I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, that is so precious. I noticed that one in Hot Right Now as well, and I thought the same. I thought it was very cute. Yeah. Very, very cute. It's very whimsical, yet yes. depending on your color choices, it wouldn't have to be kind of, I don't want to say cheesy whimsical like I would do, but... <laughs> no, you, know. you could you could make it very classic exactly. looking. Or, yeah. Exactly. But I, of course, already want to do it hot pink with stripes in every color. <laughs> But the odd thing about the pattern is that you need about 800 yards of the fingering weight background color. 
And of course you could do different colors. You wouldn't have to do all in one color. Like it would even be cool to do a fade in the main color mm -hmm. and then yeah. do a solid color for the stripes. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. But looking through my stash, I don't have very many quantities that are two fingering weights of the same colorway. So I wanted to cast on immediately, but looking through my stash, I didn't really have anything like that anymore because I either buy a single skein or I mm -hmm. buy three to knit a sweater. Yeah. There isn't really much yeah. that's two. Right. But at some point I will find the perfect yarn and knit that <laughs> because it's really, really cute. Love Grows Here by Callie Monster. And the next one I'm stocking is thanks to you, Charlene. Charlene <laughs> texted me a picture of this pattern one night. And I was texting with Alex at the same time. And I just jokingly forwarded it to Alex, who said, oh, I love that. It is Neil the Narwhal or oh, yes. Wendy the Whale by the designer Michelle Alvarez. And it is a crochet amigurumi, but bigger than what people think typically think of as amigurumi. And it is a narwhal, or if you leave off the horn, it's a whale. And it's really cute. It's stuffed really, really well, like seamlessly well. And for those of you who do softies, if anyone has tips for me on how to get it looking non-lumpy when you fill it, <laughs> I would love to know because the project pictures look so smooth. Like They do. I noticed that myself. Too. Yeah. yeah. How did she do that? Yeah. I don't I know agree. how she achieved that look. look. Really nice. Mm -hmm. Super smooth. And I loved that pattern when I saw so it. I thought cute. it was so cute. I can't remember what we were talking about. I think we were talking about unicorns. And I said, how about a unicorn of the sea? You did. I think that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah. And I think I sent it to Alex, who is anti-unicorn, who knew there was such a thing. <laughs> and I was joking to her. And she said, I love narwhals. So now the joke is... I'm going to knit one of these for her, not for Olivia, but for Alex for Christmas. So, And you can call it a unicorn of the sea. I'm going to. Absolutely. And the pattern, I think, calls for worsted weight, but some people have knit it in a much finer yarn to get a smaller end result. A smaller, result. yes. Yeah. yeah, that would work fine. And again, it is crochet, so it's a little bit different than what I normally do for crafting, but I'm looking forward to making that. I think... Once I have the right yarn, because again, I didn't have a lot of worsted in stash that I don't really think you'd want to wash this because after it's stuffed, it probably wouldn't look very good after you wash it. I agree. Spot clean. Spot kind of cleaning. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't want to do it in too light of a color because she does have a little girl running around at right. home. So it's going to get dirty. <laughs> so I haven't quite figured out the color scheme yet and the yarn, but I'm, I do think I'm going to do worsted to make it a larger sized finished cool. object. Yeah, I can't wait to see I that. Know, I'm excited. <laughs> and then the third thing I'm stocking is also kind of a public service announcement. Ho He is going to have her fall knit along again this year. And it starts on September 1st. And I think it ends sometime in November, beginning or end of November. I don't remember. But it's at least two months long, if I remember correctly. And right now, you can get 20% off of any of her self-published patterns. And the code, someone was nice enough to put it in our Ravelry coupons and codes thread. Yeah. So that's where you can go to find the code. And if you're not on Ravelry right now, I think you can probably find that in Hohe's Instagram feed. 
And yeah, it is. Or her website, I'm exactly. sure, too. And yeah. you could probably get the patterns on her website right now as well. Yeah, I think so. Yep. So I like to participate in that knit along. I have many years. I think this is her fifth or sixth year in a row that she's doing it. And all of her patterns are eligible. And you have to register for the knit along between August 15th and August 30th to get a project number that makes you eligible for prizes. So if you're not interested in the prizes, you can participate and you don't need to go through the form filling out stage. I'm not going to bother to do that because I'm just participating for fun. But I think I'm going to try to knit Quiet Stars, which is from Interpretations 5. And I stocked this a while ago. Mm -hmm. It is a cardigan that is belted to close it. And it's A-line in, not A-line, Empire Waist in fingering weight yarn. And it's really cute. It has a solid stockinette top and then an, I don't want to call it an edging, like an area, I think, where you do a different stitch before you start the skirt of the Empire shaping. And then the skirt and the sleeves are lace pattern. So it's really pretty. I've loved it ever since Interpretations 5 came out. Mm -hmm. And I have stash yarn for it. Yay. So I think I'm going to try to knit that sometime during her knit-along date. So I'm not sure exactly when, but I've had it in my queue for a really long time. I've had the yarn, and I think now's <laughs> the time to do it. I think so. So that is Quiet Stars by Hohi Locatelli. Very cool. And what have you been knitting? Well, interesting. I started something by Hohi Locatelli. It's called Julie's Wrap. Oh, you and started it. I did start oh, it. I, I think I texted you about that. Mm -hmm. And then I bought the pattern the next day and I cast on. Oh, exciting. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I haven't haven't really been knitting anything else since I finished two other projects. And the start of this one is really basic. It is just garter stitch. So I've had a couple nights of just knitting garter stitch, which has been really nice. <laughs> relaxing. Really relaxing. And I really need to start a sweater. Like I said, I just haven't been able to decide. I've had a couple nights where I've knit swatches and it hasn't been quite what I wanted. And y you know that phase where I'm just trying to match the yarn with the pattern and I haven't come across that it thing yet. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, Julie's Wrap by Holy Locatelli. <laughs> and what yarn oh, and, are you using? Oh, it is that yarn... That you got years ago, Sparkle Duck? Oh, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. it's very purple. Yeah, You can't oh, see it, but it's, it's, it's lace weight. And the pattern actually calls for fingering. Actually, this isn't quite a lace weight. It's a light fingering. It's somewhere in between because I think it's just over 500 yards a skein maybe closer to 600. I can't remember, but it's a very light fingering. It, it's almost a lace weight and it's purple. I should say that the shawl is a single 
color shawl and it starts with the rectangle and then once you have the rectangle you pick up stitches all the way around and there is a ribbing that you then knit all the way around and there are a couple points that are knit into the ribbing and then I'm not sure if you knit there are bobbles along the edge and I'm not sure if those are knit as you go along in the ribbing or as you bind off because I'm not sure if the ribbing is horizontal or vertical so we shall see <laughs> well okay a little collision of of cool events there so Hohi wrote that pattern for her friend Julie mm -hmm. who is Evie and Lily on Ravelry and I've been internet friends with Julie for many 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 years and the yarn you're using mm -hmm. was purchased on my behalf by Sarah, a spell of winter on Ravelry, who is friends with Julie. So that's kind oh, of like, interesting. yeah, so in a roundabout sort of way, there's a little, you know, what is that six degrees of separation or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was fun. wondering about this yarn because there's only about six entries for it on Ravelry. I don't think the dyer is in business anymore. Yeah, it's a UK dyer or was a UK dyer and Sarah picked it up at a local yarn event for me. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it a BFL mix? I believe it yeah, is. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing I've got on the needles right now. How about you? I have a new cast on since our last episode. So a few episodes ago, I talked about Alex asking me to knit her a sweater, and we did some online stocking together via Zoom and did some color shopping. And the sweater she chose is La Scarabe Blue by La Maison Rilili, same designer as the sweater I'm wearing right now. And I cast on for the sweater finally. Oh, yay. Yeah, I'm super excited. So this one, similar to Blue Sand Cardigan, it has the same shoulder construction and shaping. So you start at the top back neck. It's all knit down in one piece. And she has a combination raglan and saddle shoulder shaping. So it's a little bit different than most other raglan sweaters I've knit. And she does some interesting increases for the back as well. So it's been super fun to knit so far. I'm using Western Sky Knits Merino 17 DK weight in the Catherine colorway, which is a cross between like a deep burgundy wine color and an eggplant color. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So that this, the sweater has three colors. You start with one. That's the upper part of the sweater. Then there's just a wee bit of a contrast color that you use between the upper part and the skirt. And so the Catherine color is the top. Winter wheat, which is a beautiful golden color, will be that little strip that goes around before the skirt. And the skirt is knit in what she calls a bubble stitch pattern. So there's texture to it. And that I'm going to knit in Western Sky Knits Tweed DK in her naked colorway. So it's undyed. And the skirt has some pleats at the very top. So it's a full skirt 
on this kind of more shaped top. And the top is a really interesting construction. So I'm almost done with the, the Catherine color and I'm almost ready to do that strip of the contrast color. But she has you do short row shaping to the fronts so that the fronts are lower than the back because she has some interesting shaping that kind of the way it wraps around your body is really flattering with the different colors. And so I had a little oops the other day. I've been on calls for hours and hours and hours every week. And I was just on autopilot, like, okay, I'm shaping these fronts. I'm doing some short <laughs> rows. I'm going, I'm, you know, oh, wow, look at me. I'm knitting so fast. And later that night, I went to add the length because Alex has a very large bust. So she, her, the front of her sweater has to be longer than what I would knit for myself. And I thought that that length comes after you do the short row shaping. Well, of course it doesn't. Of course it comes before you do the short row shaping. So you're supposed to knit the extra length. So if you, the way the pattern's written, she says, separate for sleeves and then knit as long as you need to for the length so that the oh, change of color comes below your bust instead right. of like right smack in your nipples. Right. And then you do this short row shaping. Well, on autopilot, I did the short row shaping right after I separated for sleeves instead of mm -hmm. knitting that straight part. So I didn't pull that out, but it was not a big deal. It was only a few <laughs> hours of knitting. Well, it's amazing when you're knitting fingering weight sweaters all the time and then you switch to DK. It's amazing how quickly they go. <laughs> so. It is. I know. Yeah, it's just it's just such a shocker. Yes. So my plan is I'm going to knit to the contrast color strip. So it's a slip stitch pattern that you knit for like three or four rows to get a nice tight join so that the mm -hmm. weight of the skirt doesn't distort the fabric of the upper part of the sweater, which I think is brilliant. Good. Yes. Brilliant. Plan. And I changed the gauge. So my gauge is tighter for the upper part to also counteract the, the drag of the skirt. So I, there are two things that are going for the sweater so that it doesn't distort the upper body with the weight of the skirt pulling it down. Very cool. So my goal is to knit a little bit past that slip stitch area. So, and then to knit the start of the both sleeves and then to send it to Alex in Spokane to try it on. So put everything on waist yarn, have her try it on, make sure that it falls under her bust like we want it to, and that the upper sleeves fit her upper arms. And then she can send it back to me and I can knit the rest. Now, do you think you will steam it or wash it? Oh, that's a good question because of the drape or the yeah. blocking. Oh, I'll have to, huh? Thank At you for least saying that. Do a good steaming, I would think, so that the fibers relax. But if you've got it all on secured, you could you you could wash wash it. it. But I hadn't even thought of that. Steaming might be a good idea, just because it's so crucial that you want that line that color change to happen color change yeah. to happen at a specific place. Yeah, that's my only concern with the sweater for her. Yeah. One, and that the sleeves would be too snug on her arms. But I don't think mm -hmm. they will be. But it's that the line of the bust that has me concerned. Right. So good right. point. I think that I'll at least steam it before I send it. Because I also don't want to... Oh, no, this works. Okay. I was worried that without the weight of the skirt on the sweater, that line isn't going to be in the right place because it doesn't have the weight pulling right. it down. 
but by steaming but if, it, it helps that also. It helps that, and if if you've knit so that you're under the bust, even if it pulls down a little bit, it's still under. The it's bust. still gonna, un- yeah, yeah, it's still okay. gonna be under the bust. Good point. Good point. So I think you're as long as you make it long enough, you'll be good. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for that comment. <laughs> See, I talked through this with Charlene over the weekend. I went and hung out socially distanced on a chair, like 20, <laughs> 15 or 20 feet away from her with my mask on. And we, I sat out there knitting while she was working at the yard store, which means yeah. she was working in the doorway with the table in front of her. So our new, our new normal. Our new normal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that is La Scarabe Blue by La Maison Rilili. And I also have Sussuris by Hohi. Locatelli oh, still yes. on my needles, but I haven't been knitting that much on that one because I really want to get this one for Alex to a certain point so that I can send it to her yeah, and have her understood. try it on. Yeah. So there you go. I That's what I'm hope, knitting. I hope to start my Susura soon. I I need to secure that lace yarn. There's There seems to be a shortage of lace yarn in my possession, doesn't there? Because I need lace yarn is. for Susuras, yeah. and I need lace yarn if I want to do, oh, what was it? Leaf leaf bird. Yeah. If I want and to I do even, leaf bird. I even tried to um, get some of my lace weight to you for Susuras, but it was too gold. <laughs> I brought some to show to Charlene one day just in case it would work for her Susuras, but not quite. But we tried. We tried, because yes. I do have a lot of lace weight in my stash, so, ah, you know, okay. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Attention fiber artisans. Are you looking for ways that can personally help the planet while working your craft? The Lolo Body Care Eco Bag is perfect for single craft projects. Made of 100% organic cotton and fair trade certified, the Eco Bag is respectful to both people and the planet. The main benefit of organic cotton is that it is not treated with pesticides, insecticides, herbicides, or GMOs. These toxins are harmful to farmers and workers, consumers, and the entire ecosystem. Lolo is passionate about the planet, so they've partnered with a great organization, One Tree Planted. Every time the Lolo Eco Bag is purchased, one tree gets planted. Learn more at lolobody.com. So we'd like to thank Lolo Body Care for sponsoring us this month. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Kismet. And I believe if you take your bag with you to festivals, there's also a discount when you have your bag with you to use to carry your purchases home. Yep. When festivals reopen. When festivals reopen, yeah. I know. I realize that's probably why that's not part of that little blurb right now, because there are no festivals. Sadly. Yes. Yep. And Gail and I were talking about this. It looks like f- through the end of the year, things have been pretty much canceled and I'm it will probably go into next year as well. Yeah, I know my company decided no no working back in the office. So everyone continues to work from home at least until January of next year and my company is not a big fan of working from home. So <laughs> they said January. Yeah. That's a surprise. Yeah, I know a lot of folks who work in 
tech over the hill from us in San Jose. And a lot of those offices and office buildings are just big dormitory-like office spaces where people are all working together in one large communal room. And a lot of them have been told, I have some friends who have been told to plan to work from home through spring 2021. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, what's in store for us. Yep. But I hear you have some big finishes to share. I do. I have finished two sweaters. Yay! First one is the long-standing Look Squirrel by Casapinka. I'm really excited to have finished this one because I started it back in June, and it's one of those things that I thought I would finish much quicker. And for whatever reason, it just got finished. Look Squirrel is what I call a three-button sweater or a top-button sweater because it's one of those sweaters that hangs. It's a cardigan that basically hangs open, but you can secure the top. And I did not put buttons on mine. The pattern does not have button placement in the sample on the pattern page on Ravelry. She uses one of those little stick pins to secure it closed, but you can use a stick pin. I have shawl pins that I plan on using because I don't wear mine enough and I have them and this gives me the opportunity to use them. So I'm excited about that. But you can also sew buttons. I think some of the projects people have sewed buttons and you can either put buttonhole or you can just secure it. There's lace on the yoke. So you can probably just attach or close the button using some of the little yarn overs in the Mm -hmm. lace, really. So that one is finally finished. I actually enjoyed knitting that one. All of the, shouldn't say hard work, but most of the increases and the patterning was all done at the beginning of the sweater because it's knit top down. So you start out with the neckline, the neckband, and then you go right into the lace patterning and it's the lace patterning is not that deep so it's up near the top of the sweater and it's where let's see it's where some there are some increases that happen I believe the increases happen between the two repeats of the lace patterning and then once you finish the lace patterning you separate for the sleeves and the body And once you've done that, it's zoom, zoom. So, (laughs) wow. Yeah, zoom, zoom straight down to the ribbing on the body and zoom, zoom on the sleeves. The sleeves do have a tiny bit of lace on the ends. And I did do that. And I knit mine in the very soft Merino 17 from Western Sky Knits. So I'm very happy. (laughs) I'll bet. I keep telling people it's the only yarn I want to knit with right now because it feels so good. (laughs) So that is Look Squirrel by Casapinka. And then the second thing that I have finished 
is an as yet unnamed cardigan by Elizabeth Doherty that I knit in linen. So it's the unnamed linen cardigan. When there is a name for it, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> but this one is just going into testing right now. So it will be released fairly soon, fairly soon. And yeah, no name for that. But Cardigan by Elizabeth Doherty. How about you, Gail? What have you finished? I have some little finishes to share. So I had two new cast-ons last episode, smaller projects that I have finished. The first one is the Spruce and Lichen Beret by Tiff Nealon. And I knit that one with a strand of DK, which was Western Sky Knits Polworth DK Blend. No, I take that back. Polworth Silk Blend held doubled with Kid Silk Haze, which is silk mohair lace weight. And I love the hat, but it's a wee bit too short. Oh. So I'm going to, I think, rip back the top of the hat, add some rows, and then do the decreases over again so that I get just a little bit more height. Because mm -hmm. right now it kind of comes mid forehead for a beret oh. and I'd like it to come a wee bit shorter than that. Mm -hmm. And even we, even mid forehead, it's kind of stretched down over the top of my noggin. So it's mm -hmm. not the best look, but I love the fabric, very simple pattern. And I suspect my row gauge is off from the pattern because I don't typically swatch for hats and I didn't right. check my gauge as I was going. So I doubt it's the pattern. It's probably my gauge difference. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend the pattern. It was very simple. And she uses increases and yarn overs with decreases to give it some visual interest instead of just a straight up stockinette beret. So fun knit. Very fun knit. Cool. And then the second small project I finished is the Asasukanaki Cowl by Candace English of the Farmer's Daughter's Fibers. And that was a really fun knit. This one you knit inside out because it's a slip stitch pattern that uses a main color. And then the contrast color is knit with some texture. And sh to reduce the amount of purling involved, she has you knit it inside out. So it was kind of fun. I haven't knit that many things inside out before. And because it's a cowl, obviously you just flip it around. But I used a navy blue for the main color, and that was Madeline Tosh Mountain Merino, I think is the name of that sport weight yarn. It's a non-superwash from Madeline Tosh. And then the other color is a hand spun from Charlene. It was a pink kind of gradient colorway that's really beautiful. And the good news is that I have enough left to either knit another cowl Oh, or wow. <laughs> probably a matching hat. I have enough left of both colors so that I can have a little pair, you know, a hat. I'm not going to do an exact match, try to do an exact match, but something similar. So that they're cool. matchy matchy, but not too much yeah. matchy, yeah. but it's so pretty. Oh, it turned out so beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. It was just a soothing, nice knit. The colors play beautifully together. I've been wanting something for to knit with that hand spun for years and 
this really, really was the right combination for Excellent. that. Excellent. Yeah, See, I'm, sometimes it just takes waiting for the perfect project to come exactly, along. <laughs> exactly. The yarn wasn't going anywhere, so wait for the perfect thing. So I, I'm thinking there are two different hats that I'm thinking will look really good as a contrast that's not too matchy-matchy. So stay tuned. Sometime before, probably before fall, because navy blue is on both of the winter palettes. So Yes, it is. Exactly. I could have like a little accessory set for awesome. Colors of Fall. <laughs> that just occurred to me as I was talking that it actually is a Colors of Fall color. So, And I bet you the pink is one of the pinks in one of the palettes, Probably, too. Yeah. yes. Look at me. Aren't I clever? <laughs> <laughs> total fluke. Total fluke. So those are the two projects that I finished, and I loved them both. Awesome. And speaking of Colors of Fall, we wanted to do a little check-in on the colors of fall because we completely forgot to mention it last episode yes bad, <laughs> is, bad podcaster I know, we, were, we were a podcast <laughs> fail last episode but the knit along is going strong there are about 30 finished objects and we were chatting about them as we were scrolling through before we started recording and there are some beautiful beautiful projects already finished and some of you have have finished multiple sweaters already Wow. That's a a lot of knitting. I think a lot of us are getting a little extra knitting time right now. Yeah. But probably true. Yeah. I did want to remind everybody that the the only two quote requirements for this knit along are one, one of the colors from one of the palettes should be incorporated somehow, even if you have to squint to see it. And second, we do want a finished fall look. So that doesn't mean you have to be wearing it. It could be your finished object on a hanger with the rest of the outfit with which it's styled, or it could be on the floor or on a bed styled with whatever, your skirt, your pants, your dress, whatever, but not just the finished object by itself. We do want to see a whole look because that is my inspiration for the rest of the year. Right. (laughs) And how I will dress if I can. Right. And also, originally, we, we probably talked about more about this originally, but it was to get us as knitters to think about what we are making and how to incorporate these pieces into our wardrobe. Yeah. And oftentimes, We've talked about in the podcast before how sometimes knitters can be swayed into knitting something by a really beautiful lifestyle photo, for example, that maybe doesn't necessarily picture a garment that will be useful in one's own wardrobe. So in this way, hopefully you put a little bit of thought into making garments that fit into your lifestyle, fit into your wardrobe, fit into the way you dress. And again, it doesn't have to be a garment. It could be an (laughs) This year, a lot of people are knitting blankets. It could be a home style look. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. What will we be wearing in the fall? Who knows? We might all be wearing blankets at home. (laughs) Well, even in normal years, I wear a blanket at home in the fall. So that's, that's totally doable. Totally. So have fun with your projects. Thank you for contributing and knitting along or crocheting along with us. It is really fun to scroll through all 
the works in progress and the FOs. So yeah, awesome. Okay. And we were going to do a little summary of our last two episodes because there were some really, really good comments in the chatter on the Revelry group for both wearing shawls and stitch markers. And we yeah. wanted to share the goodies that we learned. We just wanted to share a couple tips that uh, listeners have shared with us in the Ravelry group. Because yep. I know not everyone goes to the Ravelry group to read the messages, but some of these ideas and tips were really good. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Well, we should probably start with shawls. And okay. I didn't write anything down for shawls. I forgot to go back to that thread for shawls. So All what right. have you found for shawls? I gathered up. Well, for that one, there weren't as many tips as there were observations, but I do have some tips as well. So a lot of people commented that shawls are great for wearing on airplanes and mm -hmm. in air-conditioned offices. Yeah. So I know most of us aren't in offices right now, but when we return to work, and or if you're in a home in an area where you have a lot of AC and you're not moving around a lot, shawls can be really nice for that just to wrap around your shoulders or your neck. So a lot of people commented on that. And another comment was the leather shawl cuff, which is a newer kind of knitting jewelry oh, accessory, yeah. if you will. It's like a little bracelet. Exactly. And I was thinking those leather ruler bracelets mm -hmm. that many of us have you could totally, totally you wear could that. Use that yeah exactly so imagine that you have your shawl kind of draped over your shoulders overlapping you could wrap a shawl cuff or a bracelet mm -hmm. or something right around that so that your shawl doesn't fall off so i thought that was a great idea and someone did suggest we have a wear your shawls challenge that's something we might want to think about like some hmm, random fun. month we can say okay Let's see, can we wear a shawl yeah. every day or, yeah. you know, style your shawl every Saturday? Or I don't know, we have to think about it. It could yeah. be fun. Yeah, it could be very that fun. would be. <laughs> that would be. So the tips, I will put four links in the Ravelry thread for this episode. And maybe, Charlene, you can put them in the show notes. Okay. To four different resources that share different ways to wear different styles of wraps. So Melanie Berg, her newer pattern called Schnee, S-C-H-N-E-E, -E, is a rectangular wrap, and she has a video where she shows several different ways to wear that wrap that are all delightful. Martina Beam, her Viajante, which Charlene and I have both knit, she has a video that gives some different examples of how to wear that one, which is more of a tube than a wrap. Nordstrom has a YouTube video that is four shawls worn 16 ways, so they have a rectangular wrap, they have a sarong, they have a triangular wrap or a square wrap, and then one other size, I can't remember, but it's really good. I mean, you could translate most of those into shawls. And then the last one is a YouTube video by someone named Very Pashmina, and she shows 10 ways to wear a pashmina, which is basically a large rectangle. So great ideas. Some of them overlap. I mean, some of them have the same ideas, but they were great. So I will put links to all of those in our Ravelry group and send them to you, Charlene, for the show notes. Okay. And if anyone's interested in the wear your shawls challenge, let us know because <laughs> I would love to do that. It would give me a reason to wear them and then we could share pictures and see how everybody else is doing yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. 
So those were my shawl wearing tips. How about stitch markers? And then stitch markers, there were a couple of things that I found that were mentioned. One of them was to be careful if you're using stitch markers and you're putting in a lifeline. So if you're putting in a lifeline, be careful of threading your lifeline through your stitch markers. Now I should step back. What is a lifeline? A lifeline is a piece of thread, string, yarn, probably in a contrast color so that you can see it. Oftentimes cotton is better because it won't be sticky if you're knitting with wool, but your lifeline, you thread through all the stitches that are on your needle and you leave that lifeline in place so that if you knit ahead, knit ahead, four rows, five rows, however far up you go, make a mistake in your lace, you can then go back and put your needle back on, back through those stitches that are on that lifeline. A couple ways you can do that. You can un pull off your yarn and then put them back on stitch by stitch by stitch. Or if you're, if you're good with a needle, you can just thread your needle right through beside the lifeline and put your needle through and then rip your stitches off and voila, your needles, your, your stitches will be on your needle. <laughs> and you don't lose any stitches. That way, <laughs> and yeah. you don't lose any stitches. So yeah. that's what a lifeline is. So if you're putting in a lifeline and you go put, you have your lifeline yarn or thread on a sewing needle or a tapestry needle and you put that through the stitches on your needle and if you put it through the stitch markers then your stitch markers will be unable to move with you when you advance when you go up to the next row or round so don't put your <laughs> stitch markers through the lifeline. But then Sal Pal had a really good caveat to that. So she does a lot of lace shawls and mm -hmm. she puts her lifeline through the stitch markers on purpose. And, and then, then you the just next... put new stitch markers in? Exactly. The next yeah. round, you just replace those so that if she does have to rip back, her stitch then markers you... are in place. Yeah. So that's another good yeah. way of doing that. Just make sure that your stitch markers are of a variety that you can remove later. Well, you're going to take the lifeline out later anyways. I would say That's just make true. sure make sure you are intentionally putting the waste yarn through the stitch markers. Yeah. If you yeah. intend to keep them there. Right. <laughs> or if you don't, don't put them through the stitch markers. But right. I thought it was pretty smart to leave to put, yeah, put that's it through the stitch cool. marker. So if you rip, rip back, your stitch markers are in place. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. And then if you're using interchangeables and you're putting a lifeline in place, sometimes what people will do is thread their lifeline through the little hole on the interchangeable needle, needles, and then they'll knit their row and the lifeline will be in place because it's come through the if um if you if you've threaded it through the little hole and if you do that do it that way your stitch markers will be on that mm -hmm. lifeline for sure 
So just just be aware that that will happen, even if it's unintended, if you're putting your lifeline in that way with an interchangeable set. Yeah, good point. And then, let's see, another tip somebody mentioned was, I had mentioned that sometimes stitch markers will move unintended, but they move. For example, if they're next to a yarn over and you're doing a lace pattern, for example, maybe you have a stitch marker and you've noticed that it keeps going to the wrong side of your yarn over, try triangular shaped stitch markers. Someone mentioned that those move less. I think it might have to do with just the fit on the needle. The closer that the stitch marker fits to the needle, the less that will happen. But with a yarn over, it is hard. And then I've also noticed that those little removable safety pin style, the bulb shaped ones that are really popular right now, those seem to move less for me as well. So a lot of times when I'm next to a yarn over, I've found that those work better too. So those or triangular ones might be the way to go. Awesome. Yeah. Did you have any yeah, there were stitch some, marker tips? Yeah, there was one. Progress keepers, another reason that oh, they're handy. Oh, yeah. We talked if, about those. But not just for keeping your progress, but someone mentioned that if you're working on a project that's garter stitch... At first, it's usually hard to tell which is the right side yes, of the project. And definitely. I've done this. You stick yeah. a progress keeper on the right side, so you always know which is the right side and which yeah, is the wrong side. Definitely. So that was a great tip. And Carol said, she she mentioned this in a thread a while back. It's a different kind of row counter. So different than a stitch marker, a row counter is how you keep track of how many rows you've knit on a project, especially if you're knitting rows for short rows or something where you really need to keep track instead of just measuring three inches of rows, Mm -hmm. for example. So she saw a type of stitch marker that is like a chain and it has little beads between the chain links that have numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And every round you move that row marker up a ring. So you see right there, oh, I'm on round number one, and there's the little bead with the number one. As you go, you move it, move it, move it, you're on row number five, you know because it has a five right there. Right. And then there's a way to do it for 20s, 30s, 40s, so you can keep going. It doesn't only work one to 10, you can go up to 100. Yeah, I thought those were pretty cool. I ordered one. You did? (laughs) Not the ones that she actually linked to, which I thought were cute, but I didn't want ones that are quite that long. Yeah. So I got a different kind, and I really like them. Oh, cool. I really, really like them. So thank you, Carol. Very great suggestion. And she had one more follow-up to that. So I'm going to try to explain this. And if it doesn't make sense to you, she did put a picture in the Ravelry thread for the Stitch Counter episode. So she said that for raglan increases, or any kind of increases, but your very first increase on a raglan, if you put your stitch marker in, and then if you use one of those types of row counters or any other kind of stitch marker, you could do like a pink one for the first raglan and then put a different color right next to it. Every time you do a raglan increase, you do it between those two stitch markers. So one of them is always where you do the increase. The other one continually moves farther away from it with every increase row. 
So then when you want to remember how many increases you did, you just count the number of stitches between those two markers. Very and then cool. you know how many increases you've done in your raglan. I thought Very that was cool. brilliant, Yeah, Cheryl. I like I've that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> so hopefully I explained that well. But if you can get that idea in your mind, it's like brilliant. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Then yeah. you don't even really need a row counter if you're, yeah. if you, but if you're like me and you sometimes miss a raglan increase in one of the spots, you just have to be consistent that you check and make sure yeah. you haven't missed any. Yeah. But there you go. Those That's the roundup of tips from our awesome <laughs> well, listeners. That reminded me that there is something that I did once that was similar to the chain row counters that you were talking about. I remember I was making something that had a four row repeat. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was, but I was knitting it in the round and it was a four row repeat. And I didn't want to keep the chart with me. It was something that I was carrying around. And so I, I wanted a way that I could just visually tell what round I was on of the chart. And what I did was link four jump rings together. And what I did was I made, I can't remember if it was either the first one or the last one was somehow different so that I knew which one was the beginning link and which one was the end link. And I just moved one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Every time I went around, one, two, three, four. And then I could always tell what row of the chart I was on. That is exactly how you do it. Yeah. So you can use it to count your rows and or to keep track of your rows and a lace repeat. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. You should have marketed that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I probably got the idea because I I do have a a 10-row linked one but it's just it's not as I think the one that I have was is several years old and they've gotten fancier because now they have beads that say one two Mm -hmm. three four four mine is just the link of 10 and one of them is a different color and so you want it's either the beginning one or the end one as long as you're consistent it doesn't matter because there are no numbers yeah that's the kind I got yeah yeah okay well all right Good ideas all around. Yeah, thank you for sharing your ideas, everybody. It's always appreciated because I always learn something. So yes, thank you. Yes, I do too. So I think that's it for the week. I think so too. So thank yeah. you very much for listening. I hope you're all healthy and safe and happy and happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and knit happy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gailey Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniax or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gailey Whaley.